Hey family, welcome back to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. Hi guys and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I am so excited to be back. Don't ask me what's happened between last week and this week but I am just genuinely excited. It feels like um, the start of a new season for, for, for no particular reason but I'm just really excited to be with you all this week Um, and I want to dive right into this week's uh, episode. This week's episode we'll be talking about from faith to faith, from faith to faith and how to stretch your faith into a new dimension even in the face of real life happening Um, and so we're going to have a really cool conversation that I'm very excited for. So let's dive right in. We're going to start off with the random musing of my heart for this week's episode. And the random musing of my heart for this week's episode is to use your eyes. Um, And it's a directive. It's it's an instruction. It's to use your eyes. And the reason that I say this is because, you know, every week when I share these random musings, it's things I'm literally thinking about or trying to master or trying to develop in my own life. And one of the disciplines um, that I've been teaching myself in 2022 that has that has benefited me so much um, has been using my eyes to observe. Um, I think I spoke to, spoke about it a few week, a few episodes ago, but just humility to observe everything and everyone around you. And I think sometimes we think that things aren't teachable. We think that things aren't um, a, an opportunity to learn or a lesson to learn and sometimes that can be from a place of pride that and it can also be from us losing touch with our teachability so I think it's really important that every situation and every scenario that you find yourself in day in day out in the mundane moments you know here we are a community that value even what others would call mundane they are still sacred and holy things that God has ordained in our day-to-day path and so I don't believe um, that we should allow ourselves to lack discipline in the area of observation. Um, And the reason I say this is because sometimes you can be around people, you can be so familiar with your own circumstance that you're not paying attention to the lessons, the lessons that are in in a quote or the lessons that are in someone's approach to something or the lessons that are in the scenario that you're going through what picture can I see and what picture does this mirror of what God may be trying to tell me what does this have to do with the prophetic words I've received this year what does this have to do with my discipline what does this have to do with my consistency my steadfastness to the cause and call of God what does this have to do with my identity what does this have to do with and the thing is this isn't to say that everything that happens revolves around you and every scenario revolves around you but I think that it would be easier for us to own our part of situations if we were able to take the lesson take and you know that this is a level of maturity that we are working towards in this community take the meat and spit out the bones and I think that it would help us in our journey of ownership if we were able to do the mature thing which is to look into every scenario we're in or every situation or every relationship that we're in and learn the lesson take ownership and responsibility for our part own that and then and observe what is necessary what is important for you to own your part and everything else you leave the parts that are for God to God you take ownership of the parts and portions that he's placed in your stewardship and then every other person that then has to take ownership for their part and I think it's really important to use your eyes in observation so that you can be aware of what is your part and one of the reasons why this has been you can hear how passionate I am about it already. (laughs) But one of the reasons why I've been paying so much attention to this, even in my own life was, I was telling myself um, earlier this week, I was saying, um, I need to count the cost, I need to count the cost. And the reason I was saying that is because um, I made a vow to myself to be present in my own story in 2022 and beyond, um, as much as I have been present and effective in other people's stories. I, um, not in a prideful place, but genuinely believe that I inherited the gift of generosity from my mother. Um, All my siblings are generous. Like there's an unusual level of generosity and giving um, that we have, um, that we definitely inherited from her. And so one of the things that I am um, 
trying to do is to safeguard my heart and to guard my heart from some of the um, wounds and pitfalls of generosity because when you're always giving it can be hard for people to see the need to turn around and pour back into your cup or it can be hard for people to see where they fit or where they can help out or where they can be um, meet expectations and needs in your life and so one of the things that I've been teaching myself is to count the cost count the cost if it costs me myself to be present in someone else's story then it isn't worth it unless God gives me the grace or the instruction and or both to do that and so I am doing my very best to count the cost and making sure that I am never paying the price I'm nobody's savior I'm not Jesus Christ so I never want the cost to be me I never want the cost to be me getting lost in in someone else's narrative and so one of the things that I pulled out from my toolbox a from therapy but also by um holy spirit like breathing upon his word to me um I believe and giving reminding me of the prophetic words I've been given this year um is that I have to use my eyes to evaluate, to count the cost, to pay attention, to take ownership of the right parts, responsibility of the right parts, so that I'm not walking in false levels of responsibility. Um, and so that's why I'm sharing that with you all this week. It's a powerful tool to be able to be self-aware, to take ownership for your part, to walk in the right amount of responsibility according to God's plan for you. Use your eyes, observe, 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 pay attention pay attention, be be aware of small and little details, don't let anything go by, go under your radar, be, and not to be critical, but to pay attention and to count the cost. Is it worth your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it worth your devotion time? Is it worth sacrificial giving? Is it worth, is it worth it? Is it worth the sacrifice that you're you're about to make? Is it worth the cost that you're about to pay? This is cost-benefit analysis, evaluate line upon line um, and I'm not saying that um, in terms of the biblical um, phrasing of that um, or biblical language of line upon line I'm just saying like take it dot your i's and cross your t's make sure that you are paying close attention so that you can have the right level of ownership and responsibility in your story that's the random musing of my heart for this week's episode that was quite long-winded um but it leads us um, on to um, today's topic, which is from faith to faith. And this is a popular saying. Um, and as you know, I believe that, that there is a level of responsibility and ownership that you have to take for your own faith and your own faith walk in your own journey. So that's why we're, we're segueing right into this week's episode. Um, and that saying from faith to faith um, is based on a scripture from Romans 1 um, and we're going to read it today before we start speaking in detail about the, the some of the key principles I feel can help to stretch your faith um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation was because I think it's really important that we understand as people who are trying to live a life of faith and who are trying to develop in our faith and grow in our faith and stretch our faith to new dimensions that as life is lifing as my as my fellow young folk would say um as life is lifing one of the really important uh, pieces in that puzzle is how our faith engages with life and we're talking about in this season having a life of faith and I think it's really important that we don't negate the fact that we may be impacted by life experiences but one of the things um, that really challenged me this week is I was listening to a sermon um, and as I was listening to the sermon the preacher began to speak about um the context of the, the sermon was about Jesus as the deliverer, right? And it was a, a expository piece, basically um, teaching about Jesus as the deliverer, one of his uh, uh, functions or attributes, um, not just while he was here on earth, but as the person, the part of the person of Jesus Christ, right? And in the um, teaching, um, the minister began to share about um, when life happens and when your worst fear happens to you, right, which is uh, a popular phrasing uh, that Job said when he was going through the different trials and tribulations um, 
in the book of Job in the in the Bible um, and the, the preacher was basically speaking about when your worst fear happens to you what happens on the other side of that faith or not even getting to that part of my worst fear but when things happen that you didn't expect that you actively prayed against how do you still manage your faith and also stretch that to a new dimension and that began to make me think um, because there are multiple times in my life I would say maybe three or four where um, I would say at that point in my life or in that level of maturity, that was my worst fear happening, right? And one of the things that has, um, I was talking to my sister about it even today, um, one of the things that has really um, always astounded me has been that even when these worst fears have happened, right? And I don't want to say that quote and unquote, because literally they have been some tough things. Um, but when these worst fears have happened, how am I still standing in my faith today? Um, and it's been because even when those worst fears has, have happened, God has worked it out for my good and for his glory. And it didn't happen overnight. Um, one of my favorite things um, to talk about is my faith journey on the other side of um, having a road traffic accident where I was knocked over and almost lost my life. Um, literally on the brink of death and God saved my life. Now, the healing process for that and the faith journey after um, that accident Yes, God did heal me. Yes, they said it would take me over a year to walk and I started walking in three months. Yes, they said I, sh I wouldn't even complete the first term of my first degree or I wouldn't even be able to get into university. Not only did God give me my first choice, he also I was also able to complete a postgraduate degree as well, a master's degree. And these things are all testimonies. Yes, um, I was struggling with depression and they wanted to prescribe me anti antidepressants. And yes, they were worried about my mental health. And yes, um, trauma caused so many different levels of impact that I'm still healing from today. But one of the things that I can say is in that journey, I was never alone. In that journey, God did not leave me without in that journey, God sent people to me um, and loads of people just kind of think it was um, the people that kind of came into my life straight after that point, which I am so grateful for. But it was also the rekindling of old relationships that weren't really in the state that like weren't we weren't really close. God rekindled a lot of relationships and brought healing in various different ways. And I think that I was healed relationally. I was healed um mentally I was healed emotionally there were so many things that were brought to the surface and there were so many things that God dealt with and one of those things was my faith I think that over the years my my faith had it's kind of like the, uh, a chipping block and it had been knocked on so many different sides and so my faith actually had several holes and cracks in its foundation and I think one of the things that that life experience did for me, having that accident and, and all of these different things that needed to happen, the healing, the deliverance, the restoration that needed to happen on the other side of this, right? I believe that God used that journey to do so much work in me and in my trust and my faith and my belief in him, right? And I think that in that journey and in the, that process and like even till now there are certain things that happen and I'm like God I believe you when I say it is a miracle that I trust God now and there's even more to go I could still trust God in more areas and more often um, but even the fact that I can say I have the level of faith I, I currently have is an absolute miracle and the reason I say this is because the work that it took and it wasn't just me working, it wasn't I'm not um, promoting a work, a works based mentality at all. It was a lot of grace to grow in faith in such a way to go from one level of faith to another. It took me pulling on my history with God. It took me sharing my testimony like um about four or five years after I had the accident, I felt led to share on my Instagram. Now, if you know me you know, I could get married, have children, retire, move countries, like probably 10 years in advance before social media ever found out all of these activities had taken place, right? I am a very private person when it comes to social media. I just don't buy into the culture of everything that takes place on certain platforms, right? Um, and so 
um, when it came to social media and sharing such an intimate part of my personal salvation journey and faith journey, I was not really keen on sharing it. Um, I, my close friends and family knew I would share the testimony when I was witnessing and evangelizing and, and sharing with people about the gospel of Jesus Christ, because this was an important part of my testimony, right? Um, but when it came to social media, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not here for all of this, you know, the typical clout chasing and all of those things. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm just not here for all of that. And I remember one day, not one day, it was, um, I think on the fourth or fifth year anniversary of the day of the accident, um, one of my brothers, I remember this year, one of my brothers, I remember when I posted it to my close friends and he messaged me and was like, happy born again day. It was literally like a, a rebirthing of this version that God wanted me to become, right? Um, which was so powerful to me because I'd never seen it like that before, but it was really important. But so yeah, on the fourth or fifth year anniversary, I think it was the fifth, I felt convicted, like led to share my testimony um, and more than just a feeling of conviction, I, I heard the audible instruction. Literally, God was like, share this testimony. You don't know how many people, um, how many people, how many people's faith needs inspiration, needs fresh breath, fresh life. Um, so share it. And at that time, a lot of people I knew, it, even in my own personal journey and just my personal relationships, friendships um, and stuff like that, I knew a lot of people who were going through a lot of different things and even like associates and people more in my like extended um, circles that were going through so much. And so um, I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to obey you and I'm going to post this. And literally, as God said it to me, I started typing it up and I, and I shared the post. Like the picture was even random. It was from a masterclass I had done for Recalibrate um, a few days before. So I remember sharing it. Um, and sharing it, not really expecting anything. Like I wasn't like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to share, I'm going to make, I'm going to put hashtags and I'm, I'm going to make sure it goes viral. Like that wasn't the intent at all. Because any, again, anyone who knows me also equally, I don't really care for all of that. Um, so I was just, I think the main thing for me was that it got to the hearts of the right people. The people that God had instructed me to share it for that was my main thing that it got to them and so um, I remember sharing it and my phone blew up like literally probably the most engagement I've ever had on my social media and I joined Instagram on like in like 2000 and I don't know 10 11 or something like that I don't even know when Instagram started like that yeah anyway um, whenever it was that I joined um, basically I think or was it 2013 or 15? Oh, God knows at this point. Um, not the point. Also, um, so yeah, I think I remember sharing and it literally, my phone was going off in comments, people sharing it to their stories, people DMing me and, and asking me to pray with them and faith concerning healing and different things like that. Reason I say all of this is because in that moment, what to me was a life experience that I was seeing from one perspective. To some people, this was inspiring them because this is the closest they could touch tangible faith and see the result of somebody who was on, an, uh, on a faith journey or who was growing from one faith to the next. And the most odd thing began to happen because as people's faith was being in inspired by me sharing this testimony, right? my faith began to be inspired because I don't think I had understood the gravity of what God had done for me to be standing in this position and or place. And it gave me a fresh perspective on faith and took my faith to a whole new level. Um, you should have seen me. I was praying and, and, and praying for healing and praying for deliverance. My intercession went to a whole new level because I believed that God would do it. If he could do it for me, he could do it for someone else. And so, um, there was just this new burst of life given to my faith. And I feel like my faith stretched in its stature, like in its makeup, like I could feel my faith developing in God that even though something that almost took my life, like the fear of death had been hanging over me since I was a child. And since I had been experiencing different levels of depression and things like that. So for me to have come so close to death and one of my worst fears happening, in, 
in the fact that I almost died several times that year, the year of 2016, um, I almost died several times. And so to be able to say um, that I knocked on death's door at least eight times in one year and God delivered me every last time that for me is a very very powerful powerful testimony um, of the power of God and his ability and if he says it he will do it promises are yes and amen his promises are yes and amen Isaiah 55 11 has been a word that I have stood on the entirety of this journey um, of that portion of my testimony, Isaiah 55 11 has become one of my favorite scriptures to stand on that his word will not return to him void without accomplishing that which he has sent it. And so I think one of the things that I'm trying to share through this is that your faith is malleable, your faith is stretchable your faith has ability is flexible it has it has room to move um but there's a lot of partnering with god um with god's grace concerning your faith journey to be able to see that come to pass and the perspectives that we take on every situation and scenario in life that we experience or go through is really important because the lens by which you live is the lens by which you will see your faith. The lens by which you live is the lens by which you will see your faith. And if you live through a lens of faith, then you will live by the perspective of faith. But if you live through a lens of doubt, of unbelief, of shame, of condemnation, of regret, of fantasy, of, of wishing that there was more um, and of mere hope, then it's much harder to see from a lens of faith, to live from a lens of faith, to speak from a lens of faith, to believe with a lens of faith, to pray with the lens of faith, to prophesy with the lens of faith, to study and do devotion and meditate upon God's word with the lens of faith. And so the reason that I am so, um, the reason I'm that there's this new burst of life, I believe, is because I believe that God will do work in our faith as we partner with him. Um, and so I'm going to read uh, Romans 117 um, in the Amplified Version. And I want you to read along with me. As you know, the, the scriptures will always be in the in the description notes um, or in the um description box or show notes of the episode on whichever platform you're listening to or watching us on if you're with us on YouTube um, but yeah we are going to read Romans 117 in the amplified version and whatever version you're reading it in um, feel free to put it in the comments section um, I love um, learning what versions people use to study and to read and meditate um, on the scriptures so feel free to put the the translation you uh, read it through um, or read it on or in whatever the right term is, um, in the comment section as well. But I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version, just for simplicity. Romans 1.17. Actually, I'm going to read verse 16 as well, just to contextualize this. But Apostle um, Paul, I believe, is, yep, Apostle Paul, Romans 1, is basically speaking about the gospel and its importance and, and um, the power behind the gospel, right? Um, and so I'm going to read verse 16 and 17 for you. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation from his wrath and punishment to everyone who believes in Christ as saviour, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing forth from faith and leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. I'm going to read verse 17 again. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing forth from faith and leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. Thank you, Jesus. I love your word. And the reason that I love this scripture, other versions would say from faith to faith, but the meaning of this is, is here in the Amplified 
um, that the righteousness of God is revealed through the gospel um, and in the gospel, but this is both springing forth from, from faith. So the gospel and the righteousness of God is given to us by faith because Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, we're saved by grace through faith, right? So it's springing forth from faith. We experience the gospel and salvation from faith. But then this leads to faith. This is literally what Romans 1.17 lets us know, that the gospel is not only born from faith and given to us by faith, but it's, it, it's to lead to faith. It's to lead to belief and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's also disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. So I think what Apostle Paul is trying to say here is that we are given the gospel by faith. Then we are, um, and we are introduced to it, which leads to faith in us, but it's also shared with us in such a way that it continuously awakens more faith. And I know this to be true. I think one of my favorite things, and I say this all the time on the podcast, is re revisiting my foundations. And I think that um, everyone should do it, no matter how mature we are in the faith, revisit your foundations, because no matter what level of maturity you get to, every time you mature, when you revisit the foundations of your faith, there is so much more that you can now gather about our faith um, and about our Christian walk and journey um, because there's so much more to uncover now that you're more mature. And so I believe it is a mature thing to revisit foundations regularly and often so that you don't move off center from what you believe um, to be true. And even if you do need to move, it's moving closer to alignment with the truth than moving away from it, right? And so um, I think this scripture really allows me to understand that phrasing from faith to faith in a much stronger way I think we focus on oh God like prayer points like God take me from faith to faith take me from faith to faith right because we've read the scripture and that's what it says but I think that understanding comprehension first understanding and transform revelation and transformation are the keys to understanding scripture are the keys to meditating and being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ through the scriptures right and so one of the things that I'm going to pull out, and I'm going to pull out three principles based on these three different portions of scripture, um, three different um, stages that are mentioned in this scripture that I think are really important from us, for us growing from faith to faith. So I think the first thing is the fact, understanding the fact that the gospel or the truth that the gospel springs forth from faith. So it is practically impossible for us to call ourselves believers if we don't believe in the fullness of the gospel. And it takes humility to do this. Um, I was listening to um, my pastor preach um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was basically sharing um, about the importance of, of humility when it comes to accepting the fullness of the gospel. Because sometimes, and I quote, what we can do as believers is to um, kind of stay away from or block out or to avoid portions of the gospel because that requires us to be humble enough to say that we are the ones that the gospel was extended to or salvation was extended to right and we want to work for that righteousness which we know um, by this scripture and various other scriptures in the new testament and old testament to be very honest but very explicitly written out in the in the new testament and concealed in the old testament um, basically shows us that it's this grace of God that he's extended to us that we are then benefiting from through the gift of salvation, right? And so I think um, one of the things that I think is really important based on that is to accept fully the gospel that has been extended to you, accept fully the righteousness of God that has been extended to us, accept fully um, the fullness of the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy and the recovery and restoration and deliverance that has taken place, the literal sozo saving power of God um, that it took to restore us back to the Father. I cannot speak about the gospel without getting stirred. Um, but one of my favorite portions of, of scripture is at the point where um, Jesus has atoned for our sins the scriptures say that the veil was torn in 
two now the importance of the veil to the temple is something is is an entirely different contextual portion in itself of of an we we could do a whole episode just on that um and that's not really where i'm going but i think the significance of what that means for us as new testament believers the idea that i now have access to god without the need for a high priest to go and atone for my sins once a year but that mercy can be in a prayer in us in the still prayer in my heart between me and god and because i am now considered i am again considered and reinstated to my in my place in sonship in jesus christ i can pray for mercy by myself and i don't have to to sacrifice a a, a bull or an ox or or offer up these various different offerings in order to 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 be atoned for like this is really powerful to me and i think that the original design of god the original concept of god for us as sons and daughters and to have been restored by this beautiful gospel by this by salvation that comes through jesus christ and jesus christ alone is a really powerful um um uh what's the word that i'm looking for it's a really powerful uh not just moment but um level of access it's a really important level of access that i think sometimes we can take for granted because of works we believe that we can work for this and we believe that we are working for this and we believe that through religiosity we are um that that is how we are where we are and we have the access that we have but that is pride and i think it's really important that in humility we accept that I can only be made righteous and have only been made righteous by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The nails in his hand, the piercing of his side was so that I could be restored. That is something that I could not even do for myself. So that humility to say that I am limited in my ability to save or restore myself back to the father, it was done on my behalf by the perfect eternal sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the one who could, whose blood can speak for me for eternity, that, that I cannot even do for myself. I don't love me enough to be able to do that for myself. It was done for me by my perfect savior. That is the gospel. And if that doesn't begin to inspire faith in you, then maybe we're not doing it the justice it deserves or we're not sharing it to you in the justice that it deserves according to um, Romans 117. But this is principle number one. I have to fully accept the gospel to understand that faith is born in me understanding the gospel. And I'm even getting stirred now. But I, I grieve for the fact that we have relegated the gospel to a track or to a flyer or to um or to a little conversation introducing you to Jesus but we're not having this conversation more often the gospel is what gives birth to faith the introduction of the gospel is this enlightenment that switches on the bulb of the of the spirit and the soul and allows us to have full understanding of the salvation that we've been given and to live from it it's that moment where we come alive. It's that moment where we're made perfect with God, right? By the spirit and in the spirit. And then the work of transformation begins. But faith is born from the, the introduction of the gospel that we are given. And, and the fact that not only the introduction of the gospel by virtue of it being shared with us in seed form, but the fact that we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are introduced to the universal church by revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is and what that means for us. At that point, faith is born, right? And before we begin to have a conversation about how we go from one level of faith to the next, if we haven't fully accepted the gospel and we haven't come into the revelation of Jesus Christ and the introduction of what the gospel does, the foundation of what the gospel does and is to us as believers, then faith is yet to be born. 
when faith is born at the point where we, as Apostle Paul said, when we understand that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. I can't even fully articulate, comprehend or understand or see the righteousness of God without the gospel. And one without the other is error. I must know the gospel to understand the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God can only come from an introduction to the gospel. Let faith be born in you. Let faith be born in you. The parts of the gospel that you have avoided, that you have suppressed, that you have not allowed yourself to come into full agreement with is, is shielding you. And I don't want to use the word shielding, actually. I want to use the word is acting as a barrier between you and full identity as a son or daughter of God. And so I think it's really important that first and foremost, we must come into agreement and understanding of revelation that in the gospel through salvation, at that point, my faith is born. Let faith be born in you by accepting the fullness of the gospel and the righteousness of God that has been so gracefully handed to you by the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's principle number one. Uh, principle number two is based on the next part of Romans 17. So um, part A says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed both springing from faith, which is the part we've just covered in principle number one. And principle number two is leading to faith, leading to faith. And now in this portion of the, of the scripture, I think it's really important that there is a clear demarcation between um, the introduction of the gospel and the springing forth of faith where faith is born and the part where we partner with God and we partner with this salvation journey and partner with our faith journey because this now leads to faith, right? So more than just faith being born, this shows us that faith can grow, faith can develop, faith can take new stature, faith can grow in measure. And I think it's really important that we, and, and one of my um, favorite things to talk about is different laws and principles in navigating um, these different things that God has given us, right? And so one of my favorite things is by reason of use. So it's really important that we are using our faith often. It's really important that we are engaging with our faith often. Why? Because not only is the gospel to uh, to give birth to faith but is also to lead to more faith right and the reason why this is important is because in this journey on this faith journey faith journey that we are in we must partner with God so that our faith can lead to more faith so the original faith the original measure of faith that we have been given through the introduction to the gospel and through salvation then leads to more faith and how does this happen this happens by more revelation so if faith is born by the initial revelation then revelation is a key and a tool to keep growing and developing and leading to more faith right and so one of the things that is really important is is that we are students of revelation we are hungry and thirsty for revelation um one of the things that's been really important to me um, as I've gotten older has been more than just um, seeking revelation so I can look cool in my Christian circles and so I can have something to say when they ask, what are you studying? Or when they ask me to teach, I have something really cool to share. Um, it's really important that you're seeking revelation in a way that reveals more about Jesus Christ. Now, we spoke about this in the episode where we spoke about Jesus-centered or Jesus-focused faith, but it's really important that we're seeking out new dimensions of God, and they're only new to us. God has been the same. Um, he's the ancient of days, right? So he has been forever existing in all of these attributes that are new to us or are new dimensions to us. But it's, it's important that we are in a pursuit of revelation. Now, I know um, different people speak about the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of self and the pursuit of self-actualization. There are so many things that we are called to pursue. But I think that in this faith journey, the most important critical element and tool towards us leading, um, being led into faith or leading ourselves into a new level of faith is to be led by the spirit of God through revelation 
to pursue revelation like we don't pursue anything else. I have been so convicted recently about my pursuit of revelation. And this is more than just the pursuit of, of devotion time, which is very important, but it's pursuit of revelation. Um, I think that sometimes when you're a discipline oriented person, so for me, I don't really get, um, I'm not really pushed by like money or, well, please hand me the dollar, hand me the great British pound. Okay. Um, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but like, I think one of the things for me is I'm not really pushed by money, not really pushed by like accolades or affirmation, not really pushed by typical things that people um, would be pushed by. Um, I think it's just, I don't know if it's my personality type or just the kind of things that like I enjoy, but I'm pushed by discipline and results. So for example, my fitness journey, I have been trying to like bulk and like add more weight um, for probably the last like two years, um, simply because I'm often underweight for my BMI, whatever that means equally. Um, but also when I used to personal train, um, when I was in my teenage years, um, I used to personal train often and a lot, right? And so I used to bulk a lot then. Um, but one of the things that would happen is I would get, I would often get injured because of the sports I was doing or different things like that. And I would struggle to carry excess weight or weight I wasn't used to. So my knees and my back would start to hurt a lot. Um, and so I would often drop off of that, right? So for the last two years, I've started at the top of the year and I go hard in the pain. I put on the pounds and once my knees or back start to hurt I'm like yeah bunny this is the end of my journey and I don't even do work to maintain I kind of just fall off completely like I'll stop bulking stop drinking my protein shakes stop working out stop weights anything all the things I'll just cut it all out and so this year I said to myself that it, the issue isn't that you don't know you can do this work to bulk right we're talking about stature um, and I'm going to use this an earthly picture to reveal something that I'm saying so please journey with me but I was saying to myself the other day I was like the thing is it's not that you don't know that you can actually put on weight because I used to struggle with understanding that I could put on weight because I just didn't prior to that um, but it was like the issue is now not that you can put on the weight it's the fact that you don't do the discipline focused work to see the results once you feel like you can no longer carry this um, and so you you start going back to bad eating patterns where you're eating once a day, you're not doing the things to keep yourself at like a minimum cal calorie level so that you are actively um, maintaining weight rather than dropping pounds drastically because you keep stopping your fitness journey, right? Um, and also I needed to bulk because that's when I'm at my healthiest because my eating patterns on a normal day are higgy to the haga. Um, so as I was thinking about this, I began to think about the fact that one of the things that actually motivates me in terms of like uh, positive reinforcement are discipline and results. I'm not really, I used to say, oh, I'll give myself an extra fiver every time I would work out. Like none of that stuff works, please. Let me not even lie to you. Um, none of that stuff. None of that stuff worked. But it was really when I saw results of my consistency. So even this week, I haven't really worked out. But the consistency of my eating, making sure that I'm still getting in my protein shakes, making sure I'm still eating three times a day, and I'm eating things that are high in protein and high in carbs, and making sure that my fiber is up, and making sure that my general digestive health is good because I'm still eating the right things to keep myself in a calorie surplus until I get back to working out next week when my knees feel a bit better. That was one of the things that was sticking out to me. And I'll show you how this mirrors in my faith. What began to happen in my faith was that once I got into the routine of uh, devotion every morning at 5 or 6 a.m. and making sure that throughout the day I was asking God what's on your mind and joining every prayer call that I needed to join or going to services once I got into the mundane of where revelation can come from now you know I'm not saying that those things aren't important 
or I at least I hope if you don't know me personally or if you've never heard the podcast before my hope is that you understand that I'm saying these things are very very critical and important to your faith journey but I think that once we lose the zeal the hunger the pursuit of actual revelation as like out in these areas in these mundane areas but also just in life in our lives generally when we lose them the hunger and the thirst for revelation these things become just mundane tasks they become things that once we tick it off we're done with god for the day but i think that when we have these mundane tasks when we have these things that we do daily when we build the discipline into our everyday lives when we then begin to pursue god with this hunger and thirst it's almost it's like the woman with the issue of blood we we have expectation we have faith right which leads to more faith because as we're drawing on god then there's that ability to to see the virtue of god expressed because there's revelation to tangibly touch so for example someone in pursuit of god in in terms of revelation every day we're studying and we're devoted to the scriptures and we're seeking more of god and Monday God reveals himself as healer that leads to a new level of faith I can believe in him for healing not only that where in my life do I need healing who around me needs healing tap into that draw on that grab the hem of his garment in in figurative terms and see the virtue of God released into your life that cements a new level of faith in your history in your relationship in your faith journey with God this is the pattern revelation is the currency of faith and I think that we are doing ourselves a disservice trying to move or stretch into a new dimension of faith without revelation what have you seen what have you seen what have you been exposed to what has been revelation the uh, greek word apocalypso apocalypse yeah apocalypso or apocalypsis in some in some translations but the greek word is to 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 literally remove the the, the veil from the eyes or the eye, for the eyes to be enlightened or to be opened so it's that that idea of what have i seen what have i seen that that pursuit of consistently saying what have i seen is the is the entryway is the door point that leads to more faith um and so i can feel myself getting stirred so we're going to segue quickly into principle number three um principle number three is so in verse seven romans 1 17 that we've been journeying through it says for in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed both springing forth from faith where faith is born which we spoke about in principle number one Principle number two, and leading to faith, which we've just spoken about, which can only be done by revelation. Uh, principle number three is in the Amplified version. I don't know in, uh, how many other versions it mentions this in, but in the Amplified, it says, um, after it says, and leading to faith, it says, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. And I think it's really important because not only are we looking to develop our faith by revelation, but revelation is an open door and I've said this before I think in season three of the podcast but revelation breeds more revelation and this is the same way that the faith is born it springs forth and then it leads to and then it awakens right it springs forth faith is born it leads to by revelation we are continuously led to more to more faith but then it also awakens faith right so one of the things that is really important when it comes to this journey of faith and being awakened from one faith into the next is the enlightenment that comes. OK, I've been stretched into this new level of faith, but this is awakening a hunger, a desire and a thirst for more faith. And so I think this is for those who are maybe more mature and have become complacent. I think one of the things that I've always said to God is I never want to get to a place in my faith journey where I'm like look at the good old days I'm I'm really I've always prayed to God like I never want my story to be the Ichabod the the um the, the lifting of the faith or the faith has the the glory sorry the glory has lifted so Ichabod uh, a Hebrew word it means the glory has lifted or, or the glory has departed um, and I, I've always said to God that I don't want to live in an Ichabod uh, uh, state of living where 
the glory days were days of the past. Um, I'm always praying that the glory days are the days of the present and the future, um, that I'm never saying to God, take me back to where it was or take me back to what was. And now I'm not saying that history is a bad thing. I think that God can use absolutely anything and everything. But I think it's really also important to have greater and deeper understanding for the fact that it can't wean over time, but it must develop and awaken over time. And so I want my faith when I'm 60 to be a far cry of development and awakening from where it was when I was 17 and rededicating my life to Christ. I want my faith at 30 to be a development from what it was at 23. I want my my faith at 45 to be a, a, a great awakening in comparison and, and much stronger and, and at new heights and in new dimensions of faith than it ever has been prior to that. Um, I don't want to live in a past place of complacency, a past place of I feel like I've achieved because that's where pride can set in and pride of self can make us believe that because of the work and the partnership with God that we've had to do to get to where we are and the levels of, uh, um, of revelation that we've experienced, we've gotten to where we are in our faith and we've been led to this portion of faith. Sometimes mature believers, we can struggle when it comes to being awakened in new faith because of our complacency and comfortability and revelation and faith we currently have or we've currently been exposed to. And I think it's really important that even as mature believers, it's really important to listen to testimonies, to listen to prophetic words, to speak to people who are in different faith journeys to yours. I think sometimes we only keep the same friends. Like uh, one of the things that's been really important to me in the last few years has been not just um, not just engaging with my friends and their faith journeys but also speaking to people or following journeys like I've spoken on here about this before but sometimes like asking my friends like what's an important part of your faith journey what really cemented your faith in God and sometimes the experiences that your friends have that you may have heard before or never heard before um, can really help you to awaken new levels of faith even in you I remember one of my friends who who knew about the accident I had that I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, who was there when it happened, actually, and who was really present for me and everything that took place in the healing process. I remember one of my friends saying to me, please tell me what it was like from your perspective again. And I was like, why? You know everything. You were there. And I remember I remember him saying, like, I don't want to act as if I knew everything just because I was present. I want to hear from your perspective what it was like to engage with your faith as you were healing from that. And I remember, I remember like retelling the story, retelling my faith journey. And as I was sharing, I was becoming inspired by my faith, but my friend was also becoming inspired by their, in their faith. And so I think one of the things that's really important is with your friends, whether you've heard the story 10 million times before, the testimony is still as powerful and it will um, inspire and awaken a new level of faith. So listen again, hear a different perspective, hear a matured perspective from that friend who you've heard the testimony 6 million times from. Listen again, listen with fresh ears and fresh eyes of understanding. Um, and not only that, look at testimonies. We have YouTube. YouTube is basically university now. You can listen to testimonies from all across the world of people who have experienced things and God has healed, delivered, restored, set free, saved, all of these different kinds of things. And so it's really important to listen to testimonies because um, not only is it a powerful tool for spiritual warfare, to be honest, because we overcome, we, we yeah, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Um, not only that, but also, as we are told in Revelations, but not only that, but also something happens when you hear someone else's journey in faith, hear someone else's journey and there's fresh revelation and there's, look, wow, look what God can do. And not just at the surface level that we're mind blown literally up here, but something happens in your faith that awakens you to a new level of faith, right? And so that's why I always encourage and advocate for listening to testimonies and even testimonies where it's not happening the way we desire for it to happen in our own earthly wisdom. 
Um, I remember following someone um, on Instagram the other day and she, not the other day, it was a few months ago. She basically shared that she had been given a, a diagnosis and that she had been praying for years and basically she was diagnosed and basically sent to palliative care um, at a hospice, which is basically to until she passes away and she's a believer and she's been sharing not only are people praying for her healing including me um but she's sharing what she believes is the will of God for her and she's also sharing um her journey of faith as she basically is passing away um And I believe in healing on the other side, healing ultimately by going to be with the father. I believe that that is a form of healing where they'll be free from pain and suffering. But it doesn't take away from the human element and perspective of the fact that death is like an end on the human side. I'm not talking about biblically, but death is an end to human life. And some of the abilities to touch to see to interact with to to um for relationship like I always think about her family and the people who love her the most and what that will be like for them but it is inspiring a new level of faith in me that even in the even in the face of something as final as death for us as human beings she is standing strong in her faith and is even being awakened to new levels of faith in dark time a dark time in her life and so um even though it's not that oh god healed her and she the sickness is gone i'm still being inspired by her faith even though it doesn't seem to be going her way um and so i think or the way that we as humans would hope for it to go and so i think even in that it's really important to understand that your faith can be awakened no matter what level of revelation you've seen or experienced, your faith can be awakened because there is so much more of God to see. Um, and I think that the ultimate prayer is, God, show me you, show me your glory, show me your personhood. Let my faith continue to be, to, let my faith continue to spring forth. Let it continue to lead to new levels of faith and let my faith continuously be awakened, awakened by your revelation, awakened by your power and the testimony of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So that is it from me for this week's episode. Um, I have absolutely loved sharing this episode. This was um, probably one of my favorite episodes in this season so far, um, just because I think it's such an important conversation that needs to be have when, had when we talk about faith. And so I was so excited to share with you all. Um, you don't know how I rushed off of work and literally uh, did my makeup and got in, in, in tune and ready for this episode. Um, because I was that excited to share with you all. So yeah, I, th I hope that this challenges your faith and challenges you to want to stretch to a new level of faith. Um, so the recalibrate challenge of the week for this week's episode is to evaluate your faith journey. This from faith to faith journey that we are on, evaluate it and write, um, write yourself some journal entries, write a journal entry when you can recall the springing forth, that initial point where faith was introduced to you, where you feel like the transforming power of God, where your soul, that light in your soul came on or in your spirit came on, um, what that was like, write a journal entry of what that was like, where faith was born for you. Um, and be true. It doesn't have to be the narrative that everyone else believes. Oh, you were saved. Your parents were saved. So you were saved. No, like the moment where faith was born in you personally, I want you to write a journal entry of what you remember it being like for faith to be born in you. Write a moment. And then the second journal entry is going to be. So I'm going to get you to write three journal entries. The first one is where faith was born for you. Write a journal entry of where faith was born, what it felt like, what you can remember. Um, what were you, what was the highlight of that for you? Um, and what do you want to carry from that into your your everyday life? The second journal entry is where faith 
was rekindled or taken to a new level. So the first time that or the most prominent time that you can remember that my faith stretched to a new dimension of faith in this time in my life. Let that be your second journal entry. And then the third one is where faith was awakened. So a more recent time, a more recent, most prominent moment where you feel like my faith doubled in capacity or stretched in capacity or became more full um, in recent times. And if that hasn't yet happened, then write a prayer. I want you to write a prayer where God would awaken your faith and he would share some great and deep revelation with you that would awaken your faith to a whole new level or to into a whole new dimension. Um, but above all, I want you to stay in a place of letting your faith grow from one dimension to another. Um, and so that is my recalibrate challenge of the week for you for this week's episode. I am more than excited to be with you all in next week's episode. Um, but until then, have an absolutely amazing week. I love you. Bye.